God bless the USA. You may be seated this morning. Praise the Lord. Oh, we got something. We're missing something. Amen. All right. Can I get a big amen in the house? It's good to see you this morning. Well, there was a mechanic, and uh, he named his dog Mace. Everybody say Mace. Well, Mace had a bad habit of eating grass. And Mace was just like a goat and would just eat all the grass in his yard. And so the mechanic had to keep Mace in the house. Well, one day a mechanic was working on his car in the backyard, and he dropped his wrench into the high grass. He searched, he looked, he could not find his wrench, and finally he just gave up and went in the house, went to bed. Well, that night, Mace got out. Well, you know what happened. Mace ate all the grass in the backyard. The next morning, the mechanic went out and saw all the grass eaten up, and there was his wrench laying on the ground. Realizing what happened, the mechanic looked up to the sky. He said, a grazing mace, how sweet the hound that saved a wrench for me. I know they just get dumber and dumber. (laughs) Today is Pentecost Sunday, and the power of God is here, but the power in my mic wants to keep going on and on. There's all kind of power. We're going to talk about that today. Uh, There's electronic power, which can go out. Anybody ever had your electricity go out? Yeah, we know what that's like. There's all kinds, but there's many kinds of power. There's there's political power, financial power, military power, informational power. How many of those informations is powerful? Natural forces of power like tornadoes and hurricanes and tidal waves and earthquakes and lightning storms. There's explosive power. There is gunfire and gunpowder and rocket engines and dynamite and C4 and then there's a atom power. There's the power of nature of Mount St. Helens explosion, 10 million tons of TNT or 500 Hiroshima's it would take to match the power of Mount St. Helens explosion. It caused 300-degree heat to travel 200 miles an hour, 17 miles away, leveled 150 Douglas firs. I'm sorry, it leveled 150-foot Douglas firs miles away and killed 60 people. We look at things in nature and we see things that are powerful, but nothing can match the power of our God. Nothing can match the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has been called dunamis, which is where we get our word dynamite. 
And it is an explosive power. And it is a power that God made available to you and I. Man, if we could, people say, oh, I wish I could have a, be all powerful. I wish I could have all the power, harness the power of nature, harness the power of wind, of fire. And we see today that we have that all contained, amen, in our earthen vessels, amen. When Jesus said, the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and you shall be endued and filled with power. The Holy Spirit that comes, the Holy Ghost power, amen, that comes into a life. It's the most powerful thing that you can ever experience. You see in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 2 where the Bible says the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters and God said. You see, everything that God says... The Holy Spirit backs up His Word and accomplishes it. The Holy Spirit in your life, amen, is what's going to go forth and accomplish the Word, amen, that God speaks and that you speak. There's so many of us, we're just not using, we're not taking advantage of the power that is available to us. It would be unwise to walk into a room like this, furnished with electricity, furnished with lights, furnished with a switch, and for us today to sit here in darkness. Yet we have to go and manually flip the switch. Unless you have one of those fancy clappers at your house. And then you can just clap on and clap off. But guess what? You still have to do something. People can control their lights on their phone now. There's all kind of ways. But you still have to do something to kick the power. Because see, that switch is a disruptor. There's a lot of things in this world that is disrupting the power of God from flowing through your life. There's a lot of things that's disrupting the flow of the Spirit in the church. Oh, but God wants us by faith to flip, flip the switch and that disruptor, amen, is taken away and the current is able to come through and then we have the power that is available to us. Now, Pentecost, pente means 50. 50 days they celebrated from Passover. This is Passover. Jesus had celebrated the Passover. And then he went. He was crucified. He died. He rose from the dead. And then 50 days from Passover, it was already a significant celebration, a festival. They, festi they, 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 they festivaled. They celebrated uh, the, the, the harvest. 
the, the, the bringing in of the harvest, and they celebrated, and God used this time. Now, do you remember way back when one day man, after the flood, said, I've got a good idea. Let's build a tower up to God. Let's, let's, let's ascend. Let's put ourselves in a position where God can't hurt us anymore. And the Bible says that God came down to see what they were doing. And he said, whatever they put their mind to do, they could do. That should tell you about the power that you have, that God has put within you, within your mind to create, within your hands to work. He said whatever they put their mind to do, they can do. And on that day, all of a sudden, everything changed. Everyone spoke the same language up to that moment. And all of a sudden, God came down, confounded the language. They were building this temple. They were building this huge tower and one man said pass me another brick and the other man looked at him and said no comprende <laughs> language was changed and all of a sudden I'm just thinking in my mind people begin to listen and this person speaking the same language they begin to kind of get together in groups and all of a sudden and then they begin to disperse and language was changed and division was brought but thousands of years later Jesus has died he's resurrected he's gone back to heaven to take his rightful place at the throne and he told his disciples Terry wait until you receive power and what at one time was division on this day, the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, amen, they were all gathered together in one mind, in one accord, and there came a sound as a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them cloven tongues of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And all of a sudden, where on the day of Babel, everybody was changing, no one understood. Now then, on the day of Pentecost, when there's many languages, many nations, many creeds, all gathered together in one place to celebrate this festival, they begin to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance, and all the people in the crowd said, oh, we hear them speaking in our language, declaring the good news, and 3,000 were born again and gave their hearts and lives to Jesus that day. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit brings unity and it brings people together and it birthed the church. And the church from that moment has grown worldwide, millions, billions of people who have called on the name of Jesus. And the Holy Spirit has empowered them to live, to serve, amen, and to do what God has called them to do. Be no church, the church birthed out of the fire of God, brought together unity, unified by the Holy Spirit. And He still does the same thing today. It's God that spoke, and the Holy Spirit 
formed and reached into space and created and he created the solar system and he hung the sun, the sun, the moon, the stars and everything God said to do, he did and he worked and made what was created and then he created man and he breathed breath of life. Zoe, life of God into man and we became a living soul. Holy Spirit all through the Old Testament moved on people and they would do great exploits. But when Jesus got ready to leave, he said, I must go away. It is important. It is expedient that I go away. Because if I go away, Jesus in his human form, God made flesh and dwelt among us, could be in one place at one time, working with whatever crowd that he could, but he was limited. But Jesus said, it's important that I go away because when I go away, I will send you another comforter. And when he comes, he will be able to be everywhere in everyone working all over the world at one moment. There's no separation of time and space and it's important I go away and that he come because when he comes, he's going to lead you and guide you and direct you. And he's going to empower you to do what I've called you to do. And that is to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. And Pentecost comes and the Holy Spirit falls and they're filled. And now then. The church is birthed and begins to operate in the power of God, doing the same things that Jesus did, and he said, you will do even greater works than these. He said to every believer, the Holy Spirit is for you, your family, your family's family, your children, your children's children, and as many as call on the name of the Lord. Pentecost is not a denomination. Pentecost is the Spirit of God given to the child of God for a purpose. We see all through the Bible different ways that it was seen. Moses saw him hovering over the water's creation. The Egyptians saw him as a pillar of fire separating God's people. The psalmist David saw him as the gracious, precious anointing oil flowing down from Aaron's garment. Isaiah saw him as a royal robe filling the temple. John the Baptist saw him as a beautiful white dove settling on the Lord Jesus at his baptism. Joel saw him as a gentle rain which would make the righteous grow. Peter and the disciples experienced him in hurricane force when the wind and the fire came in. Ezekiel and John the Revelator saw him as a river of living water flowing through God's temple. Amen. Many have seen him and experienced him and heard of him and declared he's coming. But Jesus chose, God chose on the day of Pentecost, amen, to go beyond one prophet or one time or one person and give it to the believer. All believers. Empowered by the Holy Spirit for a purpose. What is the purpose of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, number one, he said, I will come. We will come and make our abode. We will come and live in you. We will indwell you. Romans chapter 8, 3 says, we will come and, and, and indwell you. We will live in you. Listen, you can have a live-in comforter. 
You don't have to be in turmoil all the time. You don't have to be in trouble. You can have peace even in the midst of the storm. All you got to do is let the Holy Spirit live in you. He is the comforter. He is the encourager. He is the teacher. The Holy Spirit will teach you how to live holy and righteous. The Holy Spirit will teach you. He'll instruct you. The Holy Spirit will, will give you evidence of God's Word. The Holy Spirit will bring to light the Word of God. Things you don't understand. The Holy Spirit shines a light and illuminates it. He wants to indwell you. The Holy Spirit helps us to be conformed into the image of Jesus. We all as Christians, that's what Christian means, Christ-like. But there's a lot of Christians who claim the name that are not very Christ-like. We all can be not very Christ-like sometimes, can't we? But the Holy Spirit comes to help us conform into the image of Jesus, to be more like who He wants us to be. The Holy Spirit comes to supply us with gifts. Oh, I've said, I've told you this so many times. There's not one of us. There's not one person in here. Now, if I'm wrong, raise your hand. Is there anybody in here that still has a present from Christmas wrapped with your name on it just sitting in the living room? No. We can't wait to open them. Most of you can't even wait till Christmas. You're opening presents a week early. You're impatient. Yet, a gift that God gave the believer to help empower us and lead and guide and direct us, we'll leave shed, set on the shelf and go, eh, that's for somebody else. That's not for me. I'm telling you, it's for you. Amen, it's for you. The Holy Spirit, will get, it, it supplies you power. It supplies you gifts. There's all kind of gifts of the Spirit. Amen, and He wants you to be an, them to be operational in the life of the believer. It was on July 4th. Listen to this. Now, we, we've, got, we've got an awesome July 4th program uh, we're working on. It's going to be great. The flag team's going to be performing. And we've got all kind of stuff. The children, the children team's going to be performing. And we, we, it's going to be a fun day. But anybody remember history? July 4th, 1776. Anybody remember that date? Okay. Well, let, 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 me, let me just, can I read to you the King of England, King George III? How many would like to know what he wrote in his diary that day? We have it. King George III's diary. On July 4th, 1776, here's what he wrote. Nothing important happened today. <laughs> Was he mistaken? I know they didn't have internet and TV. It took a little while for him to get the message. But he should have went back to that date and marked that out. And said something significant happened on this day. But can I tell you something significant happened on the day of Pentecost. 50 days after Jesus. 
50 days after Passover, something significant happened. The church was birthed. But there's many people who deny that and say nothing significant happened on that day. But I'm telling you, it happened that day, and it's been happening every day since, and the church is still growing, and the power of the Holy Spirit is still coming, and it's still changing people's lives. It's still changing nations. Amen. It's still changing hearts and families. It's still, amen, taking sinners and making them saints. Something significant happened on that day. The greatest conferral of power in history. When God, amen, took the power of heaven that had been to his disposable to do what he said to do. And he gave it, he conferred it on you and I. Is that not mind-blowing? It's the greatest conferral of power. You see, knighthood. Anybody, would you like to be a knight? I don't think I would. But to be a knight, it had to be conferred by a king by putting his sword on the shoulder. We've seen that in the movies. We had all of our, all of our graduates... Just graduated, some from high school, some from college, some from kindergarten. And what do all the presidents say? I hereby confer on you all the rights and privileges attaining thereunto. And declares unto them, graduates. And you get to move your tassel from one side to the other. And then. Where's all my graduates? Oh, and then you get to go to work for the rest of your life. And then, later you say, why was I so ready to get out of school? That was the easiest time of my life. If only all I had to do was study for a test. Huh? Yeah, that president confers on you that power. But I'm telling you, the power of God that's conferred on us by Jesus and by the infilling filling of the Holy Spirit when he ordains us as children of the Most High God. Because if you're a child of God, if you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, amen, the Holy Spirit has a right to your life and he will come and live in you and dwell in you and begin to work in your life. And amen, he begins to confer on you all of the privileges and the rights of a believer and then you can move on and move on and then you can receive the baptism just like they did. It did not stop at the day of Pentecost. It did not stop with the disciples. He is still conferring and baptizing people in the fire of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues in 2023. Did not stop. You can have that gift. You say, Pastor, how? Ask. He said, seek. By faith, receive like you receive salvation. Invite the Holy Spirit to come and fill you and indwell you. It'll change your life. It'll change your existence. Even the disciples, I mean, I know that they ask the same thing we ask. When will we receive this power? Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes on you. 
Come on, in your daily prayer time and your devotion time, amen, and your worship time, you need to every day build relationship with the Holy Spirit. He's working in you. He's the one that led you to Jesus. The Bible says, how can a man come unless the Spirit draw him? So it was the Holy Spirit that drew you to Jesus, that made you realize, convicted you of your sin, made you realize, I, I am a sinner. I have sinned. I have messed up. I have missed the mark. And I do need a Savior. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. And if I will confess Him as Lord and Savior, put my trust in Him, amen, He will forgive me of all my sins, come into my life, be my Lord and Savior, transform me, redeem me, amen, to change my destiny from hell to heaven, and then walk with me, talk with me, and give me a power unparalleled to any power on earth that was reserved for his use, and he gave it to me for my use that I can do what he's called me to do. That's unbelievable. It's the Holy Spirit that drew you and brought you to that knowledge, and he's continuing to work in you. You need to talk to him every day. Invite him to come and live in you and lead and guide and direct you and teach you and ask him to baptize you. And he'll do it. You see, what the world needs today is another outpouring of the Holy Spirit. We need the miraculous power, power to change lives, power to heal bodies, power, amen, to put devils at flight. The church... Fortunately, the Bible says in the last days there's a church that, that has a form of godliness but denies the power thereof. We're seeing church after church after church denying the power of the Holy Spirit, the existence of the Holy Spirit, the work of the Holy Spirit, and, and, and reaching out to all these other things and bringing all kind of other teachings in and, and, and what the Bible clearly calls sin. You see, what the Bible calls sin is still sin regardless of your opinion. But we've received it as truth, and it's because we've replaced all of that with the moving of the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit has been pushed out. The church once again, and the believer once again, needs to sanctify themselves and confess and repent and say, Lord, fill me once again with the power of the Holy Spirit. What difference does it make in your life? You say, Pastor, what does the difference in the Holy Spirit make? Well, let's just look at the life of Peter. Peter was a disciple, but Peter was a mess. Peter liked to fuss and cuss and fight. Peter, he, he, he cut the guy's ear off. I mean, he was serious. He was aiming for his head. He was serious about following Jesus, but he did things in his flesh. He denied Jesus three times. He failed miserably, yet he went out and repented and said he was sorry. Jesus rose from the dead, and Jesus called him, hey, tell my disciples and Peter. And he said, Peter, I'm going to give you a chance. And we talked about that a few weeks ago, a month ago. Peter had three t chances to say, Lord, I love you. Make up for that wrong. And Jesus said, Peter do good things in you. I see a future in you. I see a hope in you. But Peter, what you need is the Holy Spirit. And Peter was there on the day of Pentecost. 
Peter got baptized in the Holy Ghost and was speaking other tongues, and they heard him preaching the gospel. And the people all around said, these dudes are drunk. And Peter got up and said, we're not drunk as you suppose. I love that. He never said they wasn't drunk. He said, we're not drunk as you suppose. You, you're thinking we're drunk on that old wine y'all been drinking. We're drunk on the new wine of the Holy Ghost. It's only the 10th hour of the day. We ain't even had time to drink enough to get drunk. This is divine, holy wine, amen, coming down from the Father. And we are filled with the Holy Ghost. And he began to preach the gospel. The same man that around a fire when a little girl said, hey, are you a disciple? I don't even know who you're talking about. He had no boldness. He had no power to stand up. And now then, after the Holy Ghost infills him, he stands up before thousands and preaches and thousands get saved. And Peter goes on to do signs and wonders and miracles. And Peter begins to walk in the power and the gifts of the Holy Spirit so much that when he walked down the street, his shadow would touch people that were sick and they would be healed. Now, can I tell you this? The exact same Holy Ghost that filled Peter. Jesus said, the same Spirit, the Word said, the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. So that same thing can happen. Signs, wonders, and miracles. You can walk in all the gifts of the Spirit. Lay hands on the sick. He said in the Great Commission, go ye to all the world, preach the gospel. Declare unto them Jesus. Come on, make, make disciples. Cast out devils. Lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. Amen. You can take up any deadly thing and it will not harm you. And you shall speak in other tongues. That's the Great Commission. That's the word. But what we, we, we want to pick and choose. Well, I like this one. I like this one. Uh, you know, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'll, I'll go preach the gospel. Ain't handling no snakes and ain't speaking in no tongues. Listen, we don't get to choose. Let's just say, yes, Lord, here I am. Do with me what you want to and send me help. You see, one word, the name for, for Holy Spirit, uh, Holy Ghost, is paraclete. Not a pair of cleats. A pair of cleats, which is one called alongside of another to help. Anybody need anybody to help you? See, like, like out there, we, we, Brother Hunter was working on there, and some of those boards were 20 foot long. And as I saw him do, he can pick them up on his own. But was it a little easier when I held the dummy in? Yeah. It's just easier with a helper. It's easier when you got somebody to help bear the burden and bear the load. But the good thing about the Holy Spirit, he'll take most of the weight make it easier. I, I got a few testimonies uh, of people, uh, of great pre preachers of the gospel from times uh, who uh, talked about what it was like to have the Holy Spirit. So, um, A.J. Gordon, his testimony, he said, whereas before it was hard for us to do the easiest things, now it was easy for us to do the hard things. That's what the Holy Spirit does for you. James uh, Harvey, uh, he said, while his preaching was once like the firing of an arrow, 
all the speed and force thereof, depending on the strength of his arm in bending the bow, now was like the firing of a rifle ball. The whole force depending upon the powder behind the ball and only needing a finger touch to set it off. Wow. D.L. Moody. You remember D.L. Moody? I went to preaching again, he said. The sermons were no different. I did not present any new truth, yet hundreds were converted. I would not be back where I was before that blessed experience. Amen. The experience of being infilled and empowered by the Holy Ghost. Amen. It's made a difference from the disciples up to all these men from all the ages, and it'll make a difference for you today. Now, we, we, we need that power. Uh, I, I, I read this and thought it was hilarious because the church sometimes can be pretty powerless. But this, this was a, they, they had a big, you know, anybody watch the big parades in New York? Uh, you see all the different ones, all the floats and the balloons. In the middle of the parade through New York, one of the floats stalled, blocked all the progress of the others because it ran out of gas. Now, that's bad. It's bad to run out of gas during the parade. But you know what's worse? It was the float belonging to Exxon. How could the float of a gas company run out of gas? Somebody is not paying attention. How can the church be powerless when we have the power of the Holy Spirit? But we can get complacent and we can forget to fill our tank and we can get dry and tired and bored. We need to get back to praying and seeking God and worshiping and saying, Holy Spirit, keep me full. Amen. Hallelujah. Ezekiel said, I will put my spirit within you, and I will cause you to walk in my statutes, and you shall keep my judgments and do them. What the church needs today in 2023, how are we going to walk holy before God? How are we going to endure all the craziness in the world? How are we going to continue to lift up a standard of holiness and righteousness? How are we going to get to be in the church? It's not going to be by a program. It's not going to be by anything except the power of the Holy Spirit because it's still not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, saith the Lord. Galatians 5.16 says, Then I say, this I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. How are we going to live holy in 2023? How are we going to fulfill God's calling? How are we going to be the church He's called us to be? Amen. We're going to have to do it through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it is available to you. It is a free gift. He's the one drew you to Jesus. This morning... Maybe the Holy Spirit is drawing you to Jesus. Maybe you're in this building or you're watching me online and you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ. You've never confessed, I'm a sinner, I need a Savior. You're living your own life by your own means and by your own power. 
But you realize today that there is another power given to help you live, to help you love, to help you be at peace, to forgive you, to help you not walk in guilt and shame, to forgive all of your past and give you a future of eternity in heaven. And that's the Holy Spirit today knocking on your heart's door, convicting you, saying, come to Jesus. After you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes to live in you. He said the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit will come and make our house, our abode in you. They come and live and they begin to teach you and show you and convict you when you do wrong. See the difference in conviction and condemnation? When you sin, and we all sin, but when we sin, con con condemnation, which comes from the devil, says, you blew it, big dummy. You're no good. You don't deserve to go to heaven. You, you, you might as well quit. You might as well give up. You're never going to be successful. You're not going to make it. You're a failure. That's condemnation that comes from the devil. Trying to make you hopeless and quit and give up. But the Holy Spirit, when you fail, when you sin, the Holy Spirit comes gently and convicts you and says, yes, you made a mistake. Yes, that was wrong. That was displeasing to the Father. But there is hope. Jesus loves you. Come unto me. Confess your sins. And he's faithful to forgive you of your sins. Come on, don't listen to the devil's lies. You are the apple of his eye. He loves you. And when you fail, get back up and say, Lord, I'm sorry. And say, Holy Spirit, come and fill my life. And he will empower you. Today, he's still doing that great work of filling believers with the Holy Ghost. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed all over this building, watching online, at home, wherever you're watching from. The Holy Spirit right now is knocking on your door. Revelation said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And if any man will open the door, I will come in and have fellowship with him and he with me. Today, Jesus loves you. He wants to empower your life for a purpose. He wants to change your destiny from hell to heaven. He wants to forgive you of all of your past sins. He loves you. And the Holy Spirit today is leading you to Jesus. Would you heed his call? Would you say yes? Would you say, Holy Spirit, I'll come. I'll come just as I am. And I'll allow Jesus to change my life. If that's you today, say, Pastor, I want to pray to ask Jesus to come into my heart, my life. I want to ask Him to forgive me of my sins. I want to be a child of God. Would you just slip your hand up right where you're at and say, Pastor, pray for me. Pray with me. Yes, I see that hand. Yes, 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 all over the building. Those of you watching online. Would you pray with me? Those of you in the building, pray with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. I've failed. I've sinned. I've lived my life for me. But today, I believe 
that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. That He died on a cross for my sins. And He rose again. He's alive. And He is coming back. I want to be ready. I want to do what you've called me to do. So Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Be my friend. Forgive me of all of my past. And give me a future with you. Holy Spirit, thank you for leading me to Jesus. Holy Spirit, I invite you today to come into my life. To lead me, to guide me, to direct my footsteps, to reveal the Word of God to me, to comfort me. Holy Spirit, I open my life to you. Come and fill me. Holy Spirit, baptize me in your amazing power. Father, today I thank you for these in this building and these watching online who've made this commitment and declaration and They've accepted you as Lord and Savior. Heaven is rejoicing. Their life is changed never to be the same. They may look like it on the out, same on the outside, but on the inside, they are a new creation. And there's no longer a void and an emptiness in their life that they have felt and couldn't explain. But right now, Jesus, you're filling that place. And Holy Spirit, you are inhabiting them. And they feel your love and your grace and your warmth filling their life to right now. Now, Holy Spirit, as they've invited you in, I pray that you'd begin to work in that believer. They are a believer. Now, work in their life. Begin to let the gifts be stirred up. And I pray, and Jesus said, in not many days hence, you shall be filled. I pray, Lord, that they'll open their heart and their life and they'll begin to seek you in a new way. And they'll say, Holy Spirit, baptize me in the precious power of the fire of the Holy Ghost. And I pray that you would overwhelm them. You would fill them to overflowing. And then out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water and it'll be so abundant that they'll not be able to contain it and it'll overflow. And they'll begin to praise you and pray in a new heavenly language as the Spirit gives them utterance. Holy Spirit, fill this place right now. Feel every temple right now. Feel every vessel right now. Feel every life right now. Could you stand to your feet this morning, close your eyes, and just lift your hands and say, Holy Spirit, fill me. 